<laughs> okay, I'm really pleased to welcome uh, Wraith Rovers women's captain Tyler Rattray to Wraith TV. We may sound a bit giggly to start with because we've had some computer difficulties. So this is take two, take three, I think. So Tyler, welcome to Wraith TV. Welcome to our halftime feature and our podcast as well. Been meaning Thank to catch up for a wee while. International Women's Week, it seems the perfect time. Um, how's things for you? Yeah, really good. All going good, yeah, yeah. so... I would like to start, uh, I'm going to maybe uh, make you blush a wee bit here by starting as I do with all of our guests uh, for the midweek feature by telling you a wee bit about your Wraith Rovers career. Um, often surprises people. Um, you've made a total of 191 appearances, 70 youth team and 121 senior <coughs> games. Um, in front of the goal, uh, you've got 14 youth team goals and 10 senior goals. And that's all across a Rovers career thus far of nine seasons. How do those stats uh, make you feel? Yeah, it's quite good because I was out um, with injury quite a lot, so I didn't realise I played so much games, but yeah, it's quite good to show how much I've done in the club. Brilliant. Um, first place to start, rather obvious place, is this a small matter of a global pandemic. How on earth have you been keeping fit? How have you been keeping in contact with your teammates? Um, you're over a game since you've had a competitive, uh, sorry, over a year since you've had a competitive game of football. What, what, what are you doing to keep in tune with each other? Uh, well, in January we done like a, a running challenge and it was 500k that we had to do and the team smashed it out by doing over 900k um, and that was just from the ladies as well um, and I've been giving out hit sessions as well um, each week so they've been able to do that as well and then we've just been like FaceTiming and a group and everything to keep in contact really so. Yeah. Tell us about the hit sessions that you're sending out. Is is that just you as a captain leading from the front, making sure that people are, are fit, but is it also just about being uh, emotionally and mentally engaged in the football during lockdown? Yeah, well, during the first lockdown, I got my um, HND for personal training. Um, so I'm doing it as a bit of experience and to keep all the girls kind of involved and fit and healthy. So when we do go back, we can go back with a bang. Great, absolutely. Um, I mentioned they've been with Wraith Rovers for, for nine seasons. You joined from Loman Colts. Um, the, the explosion across women's football, but particularly I would even say at a local level with Wraith Rovers, is, is quite significant. Um, what what, is the changes, uh, what, what have the changes been like for you from the inside? How have you seen it develop from, from when you joined to where we're at now with the, the multiple team set up? Yeah, well, when I joined, there was only about 40 girls at the club. Um, and now there's about 140 altogether. Um, so it's grown massively. Um, there's now like a pathway from under nines right up to ladies. So there's always a team for someone to play for and uh, to progress to. Um, and then when I'd started before, there wasn't really anywhere to really go. Um, but it is more of a kind of family team now, instead of just sticking to your own team. Um, everybody's got a role model in the next team to look up to. Do you have a kind of buddying system, even an informal one for the for the younger girls and the, the younger women kind of aspiring to make their way into the first team? Um, well, we've had, like with the under-17s, a few of them have played up to the ladies um, to give them experience. So they kind of know what kind of team they're moving to in the next season. Um, with the younger ones, they do also play up to the next level as well. So they're kind of getting a feel of, say, if you're moving from seven aside to 11 aside, they're not just getting chucked right into it. Um, they are getting some experience before it's like, you've not got a choice if you can go back or not. So 
Yeah. I was really struck with, um, I mentioned the, the phrase kind of explosion in women's football, but we, you know, we're looking at nine age brackets, we're looking at 140 girls playing with a, a Rovers badge on their, their jersey. Uh, but some of the other kind of landmarks that, that you've played through are you know, significant League and Cup uh, runs. Um, you played in the first uh, Wraith women's game at Starts Park, uh, first televised game. We filmed a, a Sterling game, then we live streamed the, the Bucking game as well. Um, what's been your personal high point through this time? Uh, definitely beating Dunfermline in our League Cup four <laughs> one. Yeah. Uh, nothing beats beating the Pars. <laughs> so yeah, that was really good. That was a highlight. People are going to think of QGN with that question since the <laughs> half time game, but we, we, it's merely a coincidence. Um, what about yourself in terms of your own performances? Is, is it all about the team in terms of the, the result or are there any personal moments where you look back with a, a certain degree of pride? Any of those um, any of those 10 senior goals stand out? Um, one was a hard trick um, because I don't score very often. At all. I'm more of a defender. Um, so I always bring that up that I've scored a hard trick at one point. So, yeah, that would be one of my highs actually getting near the goal. <laughs> Not many, um, not many defenders can say that. Tell us about about your game. I should have started there. What's your what's your key attributes? What's your strengths? Um, I enjoy my running. So I mean, I could run for days, but I've not got the skill. Um, <laughs> so if I've got that chance to run and set up a goal or make a simple wee pass, and I'll take that opportunity. And I've saved quite a few off the goal line as well. So I seem to be quite good at getting in the way. So do you play central or are you more of a wing-back? Um, just now I play centre midfield, but I have played right-back, um, left-back, centre-back, right-mid, left-mid, pretty much every yeah. position. I've been in goals as well. So I do prefer centre midfield. That has been my favourite one, yeah. I need to just talk about utility players that could play maybe two or uh, at most three positions. I think you could play mm-hmm. anywhere across uh, from midfield back. I think you do sound like a manager's dream there. Um, on the flip side of the high points, I was looking through your, your kind of career. I was looking through the, the bio that, that we've drafted to, to, to see about your your journey that you've made. Uh, low points, um, I, I read with uh, kind of my jaw and my chest about the, the horror of an injury at uh, Easter Road. That sounds a hugely challenging experience. Yeah, that wasn't um, very nice. I'd, because like the adrenaline was running, I was at a big stadium with fans that we've never had that big an audience before. Um, and it was just from a simple tackle and I broke my ankle and I'd just kept playing the game because I was like, I can't go down, I can't go down. Um, and as soon as it hit the full-time whistle, I sat down and couldn't get back up. Um, but that was kind of the start of my injuries. So I've had a good few since then, so... <laughs> Tell us about your recuperation from that injury. Was football something that, that pushed you forward in your recuperation or was there ever a time through that that you swithered that, is it worth it? There has been a good few times that I've been like, well, there's no point in going back. Um, but once I was on the injury period, obviously I can't give it up on board. I need my hobby back. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I had thought about it a few times to give up because my injuries have been so bad, but... I've realised that I can't go without it. So especially with this lockdown as well, it's made me realise I enjoy it. So well, you mentioned playing at Easter Road, and obviously a stadium that Rovers fans have got huge affection for. 
Um, but one of the things I wanted to ask you about was um, with the new surface that's down at Starts Park, you've got your opportunity to play your, your, your league matches and cup matches at Starts Park. How, how important, how much of a privilege, how much does that do for the standing of the women's game that, that teams come to play uh, our race women's team and they actually play in, um, you know, quite fantastic surroundings? Well, what does it mean to yourself as a captain of, of our team? You know, with the girls, we all absolutely love playing at Starks Park. Like, you've got your own changing room and you've got the tunnel to walk up and a brilliant pitch to play on. Um, and then a lot of the girls are just glad that we've got a good pitch to play on instead of it being a grassy park or a high school. Um, so it's good to have all our parents being able to sit in the stands and you can hear them shouting and you've got a really good park to play on where the ball isn't bouncing about the pitch and you've got a soft pass. Um, but it is really good. Like We find it quite a privilege, really, that we're getting to play on that park. Um, and it's kind of shown how far women's football is going and how much it's improving that we're getting to play on the same park as the men are. It's like we're kind of a part of the team now. I was going to just add, does it give that sense of acceptance that actually... You know, you're wearing the Wraith Rovers badge, you're a Wraith Rovers player, and, and gender isn't an issue here because um, this is our stadium. Um, obviously, it was more complicated when it was a grass surface and, and it was cutting up heavily, etc. But um, I, I do wonder about the sense of pride and the sense of um, arriving uh, for, for women's football at, at, at your level. Yeah, well, the first time that, well, not the first time, but the first few times that we'd been playing at Starks Park, like all the boys that I go about with, that I'd grown up playing football with, they were like, oh, where's your games? And I was like, Starks Park. And they were like, what, the Rafe Rovers Stadium? And I was like, yeah. So you were quite proud to say that was your stadium in your home ground. Um, and then you've got teams turning up that don't have a good as venue as we do. And we're like, well, this is our home ground. So we're really quite proud of it. Um, proud to be a part of Rafe Rovers as well. And you're seen as a part of them instead of just the ladies team. I was chatting with you just before we, we came on, uh, Mike. Um, uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but I can remember going down to Starks Park in the, in the 1980s. It used to actually host some of the, the Scotland games. I see Scotland England uh, women play there a couple of times. We've got some aunts who, who played football at a, a quite high level. So I was down watching um, them at different times. So so I guess that the Wraith Rovers as a club of, of always had a supporting role there with uh, with women's football. Do you, do you feel valued as a Wraith Rovers player? Um, yeah, I think there could be a bit more done, like publicity, etc. But where we've where we are now compared to where we were when I started, it's just taken a whole leap to the top, really. Um, so you like there was even Ian Davidson came to my work before lockdown, and he was talking about his football, and I was like, oh, I play for Rafe Rovers too, and then yeah, it was quite good to be like, well, that's we're a part of your team as well now. It's not just... What we do, it's difficult for us to, to make huge changes at, at the kind of organisational level, but at the local level, what more could we do to, to enhance the, the support to you and your, your teammates? Um, I think a lot of it is like social media um, and then our games and stuff as well, because when our games are advertised, it's just on the ladies' page and it's just... It's, the only ones that really like the pages, the girls that play for them and their parents. Um, so I think it would be quite good for, say, Wraith Rovers fans 
for that to pop up and be like, oh, we can maybe go along and watch them. Obviously, when you can, um, but just gain a bit more support for the club, and you can have like the joint fans and they're supporting both. A great point, and we'll absolutely take it on board. I mean, I think that we, we always like to put ourselves forward and hope that we're doing everything right, but the reality is that we've always got a lot to learn. So, so certainly, I would hope that some of the messages that you put across in this interview we can take to the different um, groups of volunteers and staff within the club. I think that's a very, very fair one. Um, in terms of your relationship with football in general, tell me about your journey. Um, why are you a football player? Uh, well, I used to play football with all the boys in my street. I was the only girl that grew up with them. So I kind of grew up with mud fights and football and the grassy pitch out the back and running down the hill for the ball. Um, and then my mum had bought me this full Dunfermline strip <laughs> for starting at Lower and Colts. Um, and then I didn't want to go back. So she was like, no, you're not going back. Um, and then I ended up going back to Lower and Colts when I was a wee bit older and then moved on to Rave Rovers and got to where I am now. But it was purely just from growing up with a group of boys and playing with them and being one of the lads, as they say. So, yeah, it's good to be at the stage I am now because I have built up my confidence and everything so much since that point. I'm struggling, I'm struggling with my own question in there that I said, you know, what is it that brought you to football? Because I'm always thinking, you know, if I was, if I was interviewing a, a young male football player, would I ask that question? And what's going through my head is, do you see a thing, uh, anything changing whereby when you're you're out in the street and you're driving to your work that actually young girls are just playing football because young girls play football? There's yeah, I see a lot of young girls out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see a lot of girls, like young girls out and about now with their Scotland strips on and everything now. And you see a lot of them just playing in the street with their friends. It's not like how it used to be. They're playing now because they want to play and because they can play and they've got options like Loman Colts and Rafe Rovers and everything and there is more choices there for them and obviously with schools they're doing football at schools now so they're getting more involved with the sport instead of just picking about in the street. Within the game of football who do you enjoy watching? Who gets you off your seat? Who would you stay in to uh, to watch on TV or or if there's an interview? Who, who Who's inspirational for you? Who's worth the money? It would normally be Celtic, but it's gone downhill a little bit now. Um, so, yeah, it would be them. But I do quite like watching Scotland women as well when they've got a game on them right in front of the TV. And the coverage is excellent. It goes alongside that. How big was the 2019 World Cup, the, the Women's World Cup? We just also been reading about our fellow uh, Rovers fanatic Stephen Lawler's book, Arrival, about the, the journey and, and the experience at that tournament for the, the Scotland women's team. How, you know, how important do you think that was in the wider scale for, you know, amongst yourself and the girls that you're training with and playing with? How important was that tournament? I think it was really important because it gained more publicity on the women's sport. Um, a lot of younger girls, obviously there wasn't a lot on TV about women's football or anything. Um, but with that being on, it had like gave a lot of younger girls the choice to watch the role models playing when it was publicised. Um, so it did get us a lot of publicity and a lot of younger girls wanting to play and being like, well, yeah, I can play because they're doing it, why can't I? So. Absolutely, because it's just a game. You know, what about mm-hmm. um, what about your own role models? I know that Shelley cares up with somebody you hold in particularly high esteem. If we could um, 
click our heels or click our fingers and have somebody to come in and coach us for an afternoon, who would you be choosing from the world of football? Um, if it wasn't Shelley Kerr, I think Erin Cuthbert would because she's got a lot of intelligence, um, not just on the pitch but off as well. Um, she gets a ball and she knows exactly what she's doing and I think even something as simple as passing, if she's saying like this is why I'm doing it, a lot of girls can learn from that. Um, and she's got a lot of experience as well, and she's a brilliant player, so I would definitely choose her to come along. <laughs> yeah, I can totally understand why she's very gifted. Um, I, I think that showreels, um, yeah, time well spent, isn't it? What What about we mentioned this 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 tag of role models a lot, and and it was just as I was coming through to set up, I thought, but you're a role model. Do you do you feel like a role model to the the youngsters that are around you, and not only young girls but young boys actually, because we're talking about lockdown, we're talking about exercise for emo- uh, emotional and mental health. You know, there are kids around about your street and around about your community see you as the person who goes and trains, who goes and plays, who goes and, you know, comes in for your work when it's much easier to sit on the couch. Do you feel like a role model to, to kids around about you? Um, I didn't really, um, but it wasn't until my mum had said that, like, you know, a lot of the girls at the younger teams you're where they want to be. It was just before this interview she said that. And she was like, you're where they want to be in a few years' time. And then it kind of hit me. I sat back and I was like, you know what, when I was there, I wanted to be the captain of the ladies' team and go out work and everything like that. So, yeah, that hit me just before this interview. <laughs> Brilliant. No, and I absolutely should. Um, do you think the value of the women's games changed either locally or nationally? How, how do you experience that as a player? You know, as you, as you travel around to different clubs, do, do, do you feel there's a degree of importance on your on your matches? Uh, yeah, because obviously a few years ago when I told someone I played football, they're like, oh, I can't play football, so what? Yeah. Um, but now my managers are at work, they're sitting talking to me like, how are you getting on at this game and yeah. how's your injury and you know, who you got next week and what's the scores and everything. So people are showing a lot of interest now and it is really good for them to finally realise that, you know, we're doing this sport because we love it and not just to show them that they're wrong, basically. This is maybe a kind of tough question to ask, but I I think I would be absolutely dodging it if I didn't. Um, I've got no doubt... I've made my mind up before coming into this conversation that I'd be naive not to think that you've been discriminated against on the basis of being a women football player. Would that be true? And and what have your experiences been like? Um, And what is it that gets you through? What what keeps you resilient? Yeah, well, when I was at primary school, I tried out for the football team, um, but I was told I couldn't do it because I was female. Um, And I'm not sure if that was because of like a changing room situation. Um, or just because they didn't want me in the team. Um, and then at high school as well, I'd had a few comments like, I don't think females should be playing football. Um, it's not a sport for females. But I just, obviously, because I'm playing now, I just ignored them. And I was like, well, you know, I'll prove you wrong. And <laughs> I have done. So. Absolutely have done. Tyler, I want to ask you a wee bit about that discrimination and, and look at it from a couple of different angles. The, the, the first one is is the really positive outcome. Um, how would you use that kind of drive and energy and enthusiasm that you have for the game of football to, to reach out to other girls um, at whatever age, with whatever ability? Um, how do you reach out and use your experience to say, come on, we're an inclusive group, this is an inclusive club? Um, what would you say to people that are thinking, 
I'm not fit enough, good enough, skillful enough, whatever it may be. Well, I mean, football's there as a hobby. Um, at Wraith, it's not always a competition, so it's not always about who's the fittest or who's got the most skill or anything like that. Um, we really welcome anybody that wants or is willing to take part. Um, and that's what sport's there for, is to improve yourself, make yourself fitter and get more involved. So I don't think anyone's ever too unfit. Um, there's always room for improvement. Um, so that's what we're all about. We'll help improve you. Um, I wouldn't let anything like I'm too unfit hold you back because you're never going to be the best anyway. So you're just as well embracing it and going for it. Um, what would you say to people who, who will kind of watch in and take, yeah, we all know these people who take any opportunity to belittle the, the women's game, to point out the flaws, because of course no male football player ever makes a mistake, ever misses an open goal, no goalkeeper ever drops the ball. Um, but people do, um, or certain men I would say in particular, seem to take a, a joy in any mistake. What would you say to these people who think that, that that's some clever way of behaving? Well, we don't particularly take any notice to anybody like that because it's our game at the end of the day, it's not theirs. It's us that's playing it and it's not them and what I'd love to see is them trying to do exactly what they're trying to tell us to do <laughs> and show us how it's done, but none of them can ever really do it. Um, but the best way to go around that is just to ignore them and play the game you want to play. What's, um, what's ahead for you? What's ahead for uh, Tyler, the football player? We're seeing that just today there's been some easing. The, the lower leagues are, are coming back. There's, uh, I think, the, the, the top level of the women's game are getting permission to it build towards competitive games again. So, you know, what? hopefully, you know, the football fields will be full with people kicking a, a ball about soon. What are your targets beyond getting playing? Is it about fitness? Is it about mentality? Are there particular parts of your game that you feel you need to improve? Um, with the team, I want us to be promoted to the next league. Like, I think we only lost one game out of the games we could have last season. And before that, we were losing quite a lot of games. So the girls we've got right now are absolutely brilliant. Um, I just want us all to keep a positive mentality when you're on the pitch. Um, because none of us speak negative to each other. It's always like, oh, it's OK, keep going. Um, so I do want us all to get promoted and, you know, get higher than we've ever got before because the ladies team hasn't got very high up before and I want us to beat that record and get top. <laughs> Be the trailblazers. I've got a question from your manager who said, um, what particular aspect of the men's game uh, would you like to see incorporated into uh, the women's game? or the, Not the men's game, sorry, my apologies. The, the men's team at Starts Park. What what aspect of... of um, of their experience would you like to see transfer over to, to, to your gang? A lot of it would be based around like social media and publicity. Like I would like to see a lot of our games videoed and it's not just to get people watching us, it's so we can watch it back and see where we need to improve. Um, and it's like a good video you want. It's not one that's on a mobile phone that you're wanting. Yeah. Um, and then the, one of the games we had before, it had the commentators and everything and I was watching it back a couple of weeks ago and it was good to just be able to watch your game but then you could hear the commentators have banter as well um, and then things such as like the changing rooms 
um, and then physio access and stuff like that. A lot of it is just to help us as a team grow um, and then become a part of Rafe Rovers as well. But a lot of it does surround about like publicity and social media and just get our names out there along with the Rafe Rovers men team. So we spoke about, um, you know, we spoke about how women's football at Starks Park's got a bit of tradition going back kind of 30, 40 years. We speak about the massive steps that have been made across your time at the club, but it sounds pretty clear that we've still got a journey to go, haven't we? No, I'm quite glad with how far it has came because when I started, we were nothing to do with the men's team. Um, but now we've got Starks Park as our home ground. We've had a few training sessions out. We've had a few games televised. And it's a lot further than I'd ever thought we'd get. I just want to keep trying and pushing it as far as we can. <laughs> and sometimes I think when you know when there are gaps there, there's a it's a human nature to say, um, yeah, but we've not done it for this reason or this reason or this reason. And and I'm not a fan of that because actually sometimes we can get a bit of feedback. We can take it to the club. We can take it to uh, the various structures there and actually say there's a lot going right. But what more can we do? And 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 I would hope that our interview is maybe a little bit of a springboard to that uh, in terms of increasing the voice that, that yourself and your team have. Um, you know, I can only speak behalf of Race TV, but but certainly our interview will be watched. And it'll be watched a, a lot wider than just um, the people of Kirkcaldy. Um, how, how would you like to finish? What what points would you like to make in, in finishing? Because, you know, it's your interview. You know, I'm just kind of glad that someone from like not just me but someone from the ladies team has had an opportunity to speak out um, and be a part of Rafe Rovers um, because we have come a long way in the years that I've been at Rafe Rovers um, and it is a priv privilege for it to be me to do this um, but I mean we do get Starks Park as our home ground which is a lot better than well miles better than playing in a high school ground or your local park at Gallatin. Um, so, you know, it does mean a lot that we're already getting what we've been given and opportunities that we're getting. Um, and it is looking a lot more positive. Um, and it just feels good for me and the team that we're getting these opportunities that we normally wouldn't get. And thanks for your time. Um, the most important thing is I hope you're back playing football soon. Oh, me too. I'm missing it. <laughs> Can't wait to get back. Well, hopefully next time I see you, we'll be um, we'll be down at Starts Park, and you'll be you'll be coming up that tunnel to uh, to do what you love doing the most. All <laughs> yeah, the best. Thank you for having me. No, I really enjoyed your your company. Take care.